What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. I lead marketing at The Juice. I'm excited to be here, have this conversation. Before we jump in, did you get a chance to check out the state of the B2B podcast listener report we just put out? It is jam-packed full of data that is coming directly from The Juice to tell the story and to answer the question about what B2B podcast listeners really want from branded podcasts. I really enjoyed putting this together with the team. We have gotten so much great feedback. Put a link in the show notes. Check that out. Today, I have Katerina from Userless on the program. She is an awesome marketer who I've learned a ton from. We are digging into how to distribute your content in communities the right way. There is a right way and there is a wrong way, and Katerina is really good at doing it the right way. She talks about her process and strategy. I think you're going to learn something in this one. If you like what I'm doing over here, follow, subscribe, hit all the buttons, but most importantly, tell a marketing friend you are enjoying Modern Day Marketer. Without further ado, let's kick into the conversation. All right. So when anyone wants to talk about content distribution, I'm typically going to welcome them in with open arms. And I'm really excited to dig into today's conversation. So we're going to be talking about how to distribute your content in communities the right way. I'm joined by Katerina. She is with UserList. I have had fun interacting with her on LinkedIn. And, you know, we just thought it was a good time. I think she's doing some fun things in communities and figured it'd be a good opportunity to share some of her knowledge and insight with all of you. But without further ado, Katerina, how are you? I was thinking that was so sweet. (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. I'm actually working from a balcony, which is usually the quietest possible balcony ever. But right before this meeting, there was like trucks driving by and bikes and everything. Hopefully you don't hear most of it. You know, it's at this point, it's kind of just part of it. Every time I feel like I start a recording, someone's cutting the grass outside of the window. So we just roll with the punches. But I I guess that's what podcasts or editors are for. So we'll shout out Katie, who helps us sound as good as possible. But uh, (laughs) without further ado, maybe before we get in, talk a little bit about user list. I always like to let my guests plug the places where they work. But if people aren't familiar, share some insight on who UserList is and kind of what you all do. Definitely. UserList is an email automation platform. It's uh, created with the needs of B2B SaaS in mind. So we do specialize in that one particular niche. So we do, when it comes to UserList and uh, how it refers to to email marketing and and lifecycle emails, it takes very good care of your customer data and how your customers are interacting with your product and they are able to you're able to target the email campaigns based on their activity so that they have like a very smooth onboarding activation experience, especially good for B2B because we deal well well with those many to many relationships. We can all be smooth both on the company level and individual. So this is something very nice that we tend to work. I love it. And I feel I know that space, there's a lot of players in it. I love uh, what we're going to talk about today, just because I feel like part of your role and what you're doing in communities, and especially with content, is how companies like UserList can kind of separate and differentiate from maybe some of the all the other competitors. But I want to start with maybe a quote that you 
mentioned, uh, I think in our setup conversation, I like jotted this down. I was like, all right, we need to talk about this. But you you said something to the effect of creating content just for the sake of creating content doesn't make much sense, which I completely agree. But maybe unpack the spirit of that question. Like, where does that come from? Well, but like before I started joining the different startups, like a full-time basis, I was previously a freelance writer. So a lot of time it felt like preparing a theater play and just performing it in your own role, like you do the content and then you send it to the client and they do nothing after with it. And there's definitely no point in creating content just for the sake of creating content if no one is going to see it. So the approach I started taking, we mentioned Zest, like when they joined Zest and then on after is definitely that the content distribution is the inseparable part of content creation. Like it just have to go hand in hand because if you do tell, especially if you put out quality content, but don't help with content be seen. Like you're basically just wasting money. It's nice that you have stories to tell, but you need someone to tell it to. So you've been on the freelance side, and you know now you're working for a brand. It's amazing. I, I think about this a lot, and I maybe before we get into like what content distribution means or is to you, I'd like to understand like from your perspective, maybe this roadblock that we have as content creators, like. I source a lot of people and talk a lot about uh, their content process. And it always it, it's almost like when a creator is done and they've posted it on their LinkedIn page or, you know, they publish that blog article on their site. It's almost like they, I don't know if they're, they turn to someone else to do the rest of the work and don't feel like that is part of their role or just they've never had experience with taking that piece of content and getting it in front of the right people at the right time. And it's it it's kind of amazing that like I think there's still so much room for content creators to mature and grow. But I'd love to maybe understand you've been on kind of the the freelance side and you've also been working for brands. Like what is what are those roadblocks? Like why is it why are we talking about it so much right now and why hasn't this already been happening? I think like for individual creators, I think there's a lot of self awareness there. Like they're okay, I, I said what I had to say. I, hit the publish, can I like stop looking at this piece of content that I like written and revised and revised and like can someone just take care of the rest? Uh in terms of companies, I think it's just not uh especially for more established companies that started working on content marketing years ago and never took the time to establish processes for content distribution, it's just a little harder to get the buy-in to take the time, establish the processes, disrupt the current processes, and then create one system that works on and on and on and on. But I think that there's like, especially with what you've been doing with the juice and lately, like more, I'm not sure if it's just my LinkedIn feed, but definitely more talk. There's been more talk about the distribution. And I think that there has been some change happening, that it's now more and more adapted attitude that the distribution is the continuation of creation. Totally. And I, I'm with you on the the LinkedIn feed. I gravitate to people who are talking about it and it feels, and these are just feels, it feels like more people are addressing it and sharing their recommendations, which I think is good for everyone. I want to maybe understand a little bit about like how you think about content distribution and like why you value it and why you think it's so important. For me, it, it is that like the distribution is the extension of content creation. It's one and the same process. In my head, it makes no point to just have one and not have the other. So even in user lists now and like some side projects I'm involved with, 
the content distribution is something you keep in mind while you're working on the content, like while you're writing, drafting, you think about how the sections will look like after you are thinking about it from the angle of the person reading it. And where is the person stumbling up on your content? In our case, it's the search engines, it's the community, like majority search engine and the communities. What can be taken out? What can you use both? What's the pulling? Like who is the who is the ideal person who should be reading that article? And then based on that, you plan the promotion afterward. And that's the only, at least in my case, that's the only way that makes sense. Because otherwise, I'm just writing it for myself, which I like doing. But that's that's a different story. I want to maybe get a little introspective there. And you said something that is super powerful and profound. And I I just wanted to spotlight this because we I feel like we as a whole don't do a good enough job of this. And this can be content creation and distribution combined. But putting yourself in the shoes of the people who are consuming that piece of content while you're creating it, I think is like really powerful and will lead to more quality content that people will be come back for because it's relatable or it answers questions that they have. When you're when you're in that moment and in that process, maybe talk about some of the things that you do tactically to put yourself in your reader or watcher or listener's shoes. Well, the first step begins at the communities again. A bunch of the topics we cover covered the user list, both the blog and the podcast, come from the discussions we're seeing in the communities. So you see actually the issues that people are facing, like it's real time. You don't have to check any tool. You see what the people are discussing, what they're having trouble with. Then you find someone who is good at explaining the issue and like giving you actionable insights. And then you start working from there. So you already know it's a pain point, at least for one person. And then when you have the content, you know how to address them back in that same reality. It will not always be the ideal keyword for search engines, but in the community, you will probably get a good buzz. For it. Do you do you ever think about so? In listening to you talk about that, we're going to dig into communities a little more. But to me, it sounds like the way product people operate, just in terms of like getting feedback on what they're building or potentially building, and then taking that and put like they have the evidence and putting that into building of new product. Like the way you're talking about this, like gaining feedback, getting the questions from communities. These are like, this is like real pain points and problems that you're taking and putting into new content, content creation. Like, do you ever think about like that process from a content marketer perspective, how in maybe the modern era, it, some there's a lot of parallels and, and uh, similarities with maybe how really good product teams function. Well, actually, how my position came to be like a technically customer advocate, like that's my official title in user list, and they got the idea by looking at developer advocates who are doing exactly that. So I'm just not a developer; I'm the marketer. So that's just they like we did get inspiration from product teams, and then we, that's how we started working on on my position. It makes a lot of sense. He does, and then so far it's been working quite well. But it is the point of what you are creating content. Yes, you're creating content with the purpose of promoting your own brand. But especially in B2B sales, customer education is a big part of getting people to trust your brand, the trust that you know what you're doing and what you're talking about. And the customer education is a big part of my role. So it's only natural to go where the customers and potential customers are, understanding what their issues are, write about them, explain to them, and then come back to that same community and provide answers. 
I love this. And I want to dig into communities now. So I think when we think of when I originally stepped into this role, started studying, thinking about content distribution, I, you know, thought about channels. I thought about, you know, that I'm used to, right? The you know, LinkedIn, you've got your email, a little shameless plug for the juice, a lot of different things. But like one of those things I hadn't really considered were communities until I got involved with communities. And I don't think marketers who are creating really good content consider communities and their impact when they're thinking about content creation or distribution. Maybe kind of talk through, you've shared some of it already, but like your focus and attention you have on communities and like your time spent in those communities. And then maybe like, how do you evaluate where you spent your spend your time where you're going to give maximum value to not only the people you're creating for, but also user list? Well, I think we like thought about, talked about that briefly last time as well, the, about marketing to marketers and how hard it can be. And when I initially joined just Zest, which is to be a community for marketers, where marketers can learn from each other, but avoid information overload. That was like the big thing, like getting exposed to the right kind of content, thanks to the community. And I think that was like the breakthrough moment. Like, yeah, of course, who will give you, like, who will help you avoid all the fluffy content, if not another marketer who is looking for the same answers as you. And I think that's when you started for me the realization that Professional communities do are a great asset when it comes to giving voice to the right, right and valuable content. So when we initially started talking about my position in users, because my position didn't exist in users, we're a super small team. It's just six people of us. They mentioned that they would like to participate in the communities. And based on my work in Zest, I already had database of communities I liked and appreciated. Right. Credibility. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For the sake of research before and now it's it's just proven useful later on. So we just dig deeper into that. There were already well, Facebook communities are not as active as before, but there were some super nice ones like the content marketing launch that was super valuable to me as a freelance writer before, then as the community person in Zest, then now again it's still good both for networking and for learning. And then the bunch of select communities that we tested a bunch in the beginning. And then as you continue working on them, and then as you continue who are more responsive or better moderated, that's how you tailor to the routines that you will keep working. So I think I'm involved in a lot of communities. I obviously see really good distribution where people are addressing people in comments with content as a solution to a problem that they have, building the net networks, uh, DMing people stuff. But I think there's like, there's a really like, there's a fine line. There's, you can do it like the right way, which is like very helpful. Or I think there's certainly a wrong way, which is, you know, more transactional batch and blast, see my stuff, go check it out, which you know, that falls on deaf ears and I think floods the community and it ends up leading to a, a worse community experience. So maybe talk a little bit about like the, 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 the balancing act there, like what's the right way in your opinion to kind of distribute your content and community and maybe what's the wrong way. You reminded me there was like last year around this time, there was a member that was in at least five communities that I am 
I get a cold DM in every one of those communities when you same <laughs> message. Wait. Even if I like the product on the first message and the fifth message, I was... Yeah, no thanks. Definitely not a fan. <laughs> but we definitely try to avoid doing that, and especially cold DMing. There's not something I'll ever try it in the communities. Definitely sometimes on LinkedIn, if it makes sense, and if it's like aim to make it super personalized and not, not sleazy. In the communities, we do strive for public discussions, the discussions that are out in the open that can be really helpful. That's not always necessarily plugging your own link. Sometimes you can just provide the answer, not, not have it associated with any piece of content you have there. But you try to, like I browse, I have a set of communities that I browse on a daily basis. I have a set of communities that I try to get to once or twice a week. You browse the discussions, you respond to relevant discussions, discussions that are relevant to you and to your brand. And of course, if I see a discussion I, that I can chime in with something valuable that's not related directly to us, I still do it because if I can be helpful, I will be helpful because I am getting value from the community, so I will provide it when I can. Sometimes it's just an answer, plain text answer. Other times it is an answer, but... Here is where you can find more information. And there's usually a couple of podcast episodes are super nice in, in those cases. Or some visuals can be super helpful that we have that can like break down more complex email campaigns so it can be more easy. Those are nice and we have them and it's easy to share and it's easy for them to like save and refer to them. But also taking advantage of the shameless plug channels, which I which was surprisingly decent channel for us in the beginning we were like okay we're gonna do the shameless plug channels but we're not expecting much from them but in in reality shameless plug is still a channel where your community is and they will open that channel because they also have something to share and if you have a good approach and you just don't post a block of text with your link but you just give the this is the issue we're talking about here if you're in that position and would like to find out more, this is like, check it out. Now it's, at this point, it's very common for us to get like reacts or good comments, positive comments in shameless punk channels based on that, which I thought was was not possible. But now it's like a regular practice. As long as you don't try to be super salesy or super pushy, eh, the community will respond. I find it so interesting that your role is dedicated to this type of activity. And it just seems like it's a couple levels in front of where the rest of the market will be. Like, I would imagine there's going to be more people. There are people already, but there'll be more people just because it makes sense. I think one of the roadblocks we face just as marketers, and you know, we all have bosses, is bosses trying to understand, okay, like, I get why we should be doing this, but like, how do we measure it? Like what, how do we track it back to kind of our business KPIs? So I'm curious, like based on your day-to-day, your activity, your KPIs, like how do you track the success of what you're doing in communities? And I'll just put a, like a caveat, a, a disclaimer here. Like I am very much a marketer that doesn't need everything tracked, nor do I think it's helpful. I, I very much believe that most of what we do like has an impact and it can't be tracked. And 
I think we as marketers should just give up some of like our control when it comes to like knowing our impact on the business. So that was like my little disclaimer, but I want to hear from you just in terms of how you're tracking what you're doing. In that regard, I think we agree. That's partially because uh, I started off not well versed in the tools used for tracking and now I'm kind of self-teaching myself, but I do mostly rely on the good responses and seeing how how it is like more on the re- end result and not tracking attribution all the way down the funnel, which in my case and in case of, of what I'm doing with usually is, is the only thing that makes sense because tracking attribution from communities is nearly impossible. On a day-to-day basis, I literally just track the amount of community interactions I have in a day, which is when you look at it very blunt, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it, it does give me an overview of how much time I spent in the communities, how active are the communities I'm currently in. Like during the summer, it's always a little slower. During the holidays, it's always a little slower. So if I get carried away, I can look at the numbers and see, okay, maybe this is not me. Maybe this is just like people are vacationing. It's, the, the holidays are going on. It's the summer slump. So it's a it's to be expected, but it doesn't really show how my effort reflects on the bottom line and our revenue and the number of customers. Other than that, I'm, the only thing I'm tracking is the traffic on our <clears throat> on our website and tracking the ratio between the organic visits and direct traffic. I'm not trying to like I don't ever add UTM tags or anything to to the links I'm sharing in the communities because it, I know it will look shady. To me, so I see no point in doing yeah. it to anyone else. The same goes for link shorteners. So I'm just posting plain links and I'm just tracking direct traffic one way or the other. It's the it's the activity that like I look at the ratio because that's the only correlation they can make. Like it is our organic growth is that organic traffic is growing up. So is our direct traffic going up. So I can see that what I'm doing in the communities is working. Mm. I may not be able to track all the shares in the communities and it is a little bit veiled, but as long as I see that the direct traffic is in the same ratio as the organic traffic, I see that we are still making changes, making progress in the communities, but I, that's as much as I can get. Do you have, maybe just to paint a visual for the listeners, do you have, like, when you think about your work in communities and knowing the impact and, you know, takes time, gradual approach, you shared tracking organic and direct traffic. Do you have, like, a specific story or example of, like, work you've done in the community, you know, over a you know period of time that led to something, like, beneficial for the business, whether it was like a new meeting, opportunities, like that sort of thing. Anything that like you maybe hang your hat on as like a personal case study from like work that you've you're doing in the community. I did get I, I wouldn't know it otherwise, but someone made a LinkedIn post about how they were looking asking for a ESP solution in the community. I provided an answer dropped the link, they signed up, like from them on, it was super smooth. And they were like so impressed with how smooth it went from the discussion to to their sign up. And they made a LinkedIn post. It's like, I never know. That's amazing. That's got to make you feel good. 
<laughs> Definitely. So I have that one, and I think there's one from Reddit of all places. Reddit is super wow. tricky, but I can tie one of our customers directly to uh, Reddit discussion that I remember, and they came. And they were just like, "No, I don't really think you're like good fit for us." Okay, let's talk a little bit. Let's see what what do you think you need? What do you think like? What are the features you're looking for? What we can do instead? And they ended up staying and they're currently a customer. So that's like the two examples that I remember is that I can tie directly back to a discussion. Otherwise, <laughs> I lo- Those are examples yeah. of like how people buy and why people buy. And it's just you showing up to answer their questions. So I definitely wanted to ask that. And maybe we close out with this. I love, you know, most people, if they are distributing content, likely it's from, it's weird. I call them traditional channels, which about when I started marketing in B2B SaaS, they weren't traditional channels, but like social media to me is like a traditional channel now. <laughs> so like, how, how how do you, like, I guess, why do you find kind of distributing your content or answering questions through places like community might be more traditional or might be more beneficial than kind of those traditional channels like social media? Um, for example, I was looking at our um, stats for LinkedIn for, for this week, and I've been trying something new with LinkedIn, and it's been like going up nice or well, and then this week it was like nothing. It was just stuff. And I like look at the range from our last post and six people in total. And that's like two weeks of super nice progress and super nice engagement on the page. And LinkedIn just decided one day that this post is going to be seen by six people and no one else. You want to see more? Like boost this post. And I don't always want to boost this post. I'm not really a paid marketer, paid mm. marketer. But in communities, you get to like, I am in the targeted communities. Like I'm only in the communities that are relevant to our business. And I'm participating only in the communities that are re- in the discussion that are relevant to our business. So when I post that link, I know that the people who are seeing the content are the people who are interested in that kind of content. And at the same time, so not only am I targeting just the right type of people, but I'm also able to directly have two-way conversation. I'm not just blasting a post somewhere out there and hoping that more than six people are going to see. And it may be response. Like I'm already in the, the in the discussion with them. They can ask me questions directly. I can respond directly. I can be there with the Calendly link. I can get the demo going and it can be like, forth and back. And it's easier to establish more than that, let's call it relationship marketing, because you are there for them and you have that uh, human touch to them that they appreciate. And I think it's it pays off more, at least in our case, it pays off more than like we tried paid ads for a while. This just shows them so much, so much better results in all the aspects of our marketing later on. Everybody should be distributing your content and being thoughtful around that. And I hope after this conversation, you might learn a thing or two about how to do that inside communities where your future customers are. Katerina, I learned a ton. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your knowledge. Thank you so much for liking. Always enjoy talking distribution. Always enjoy talking communities. Katerina really knows her stuff. Enjoyed that one. Hopefully you picked up a nugget or two. I know I did. Until then, take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll be back with more Modern Day Marketer on the other side. 